Welcome to Body Sculpt of New York, six weeks to fitness podcast, where we hope to inform, motivate, encourage, and inspire you towards living a healthier lifestyle. And now, here's your host, the president of Body Sculpt of New York, Vince Ferguson. Hi, welcome to episode 146 of my six weeks to fitness podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Could our gut bacteria play a major role in the prevention and treatment of disease? According to the Greek physician and father of modern medicine, Hippocrates, all diseases begin in the gut. He made this statement over 2,400 years ago. My next guest, Dr. Christine Peshawar, has been studying disease for over 20 years and has come to the same conclusion. Dr. Bashara believes that COVID-19 is a disease of the immune system, and it is our immune system that is the key to our optimum health. The majority of COVID-19 patients had a BMI of 30% or higher. It is Dr. Bashara's belief that we should be focusing on prevention of disease rather than treatment. If you want to live a long and healthy life, and who doesn't, then listen to what Dr. Bashara has to say about the link between your gut, your body, and your mind. Dr. Christine Bashara is the founder of From Within Medical, a medical wellness practice that places emphasis on the mind, body, and gut-brain axis to prevent and manage disease. With over 20 years of clinical experience, Time and time again, Dr. Bashara had discovered that the connection between these systems plays a significant role in disease prevention and management, but it has not been adequately addressed. Dr. Bashara is board certified in internal medicine by the National Board of Physicians and Surgeons and is certified in integrative medical weight loss by the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine. She has previously served as assistant professor and clinical preceptor at New York Medical College. Her professional experience has spanned academically and clinically in both inpatient and outpatient settings. As a busy mom of three, she also understands the, the impact that daily demands and stress place on our bodies. This compounded by nutritional depletion affects both our gut health and our mental health, making it hard to feel and look our best. Consequently, her therapy involves a multidimensional and customized approach based on many factors and focuses on boosting the body's immune system. This includes but is not limited to assessment of individual gut health, determination of personalized antioxidant levels, along with assessment of neurotransmitter deficiencies. Diagnosing and treating the imbalances allows each patient to heal and feel their best internally while simultaneously looking their best externally. The role of aesthetics and beauty complements both body and brain. Her individualized treatments incorporate state-of-the-art, non-invasive aesthetic procedures and personalized skin rejuvenation. It is my pleasure to welcome Dr. Christine Bashara to my Six Weeks of Fitness podcast. Christine, how are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to 
have this conversation with you. Well, this is a very important conversation, and I just want to really thank you for coming on the show. This is so important to me and to my listeners. Absolutely. Before we discuss an article that you recently published on the role of gut and probiotics on immunity and COVID-19, let's talk a little about your personal journey, okay? Sure. Now, it's a three-part question. First is, where were you born? What was your childhood like? And what attracted you to the study of wellness medicine? Okay. Um, so I was actually born in Cairo, Egypt. Um, my family is Egyptian, and I lived there until I was about six years old. Um, and then subsequently, my father wanted to do a PhD um, in economics, which is his uh, his background. And so um, we relocated to the United States, uh, where my mom had uh, a lot of family. And so I mainly grew up here. So a lot of people ask me, I mean, you know, I'm American, but I'm also an Egyptian at heart. And I take a lot of what I've learned um, from my childhood um, into my practice. Um, as a child growing up in Egypt, um, I was, you know, a thin child. I was not overweight at all. But unfortunately, when we relocated to the United States, I actually ended up gaining a lot of weight and was... I would say morbidly obese up until the age of 15. Um, and at the age of 15, I decided that I was going to take control of my health and I lost 80 pounds. And um, yes, and it, and it wasn't until, um, you know, I, I, I kind of experimented with a lot of things at the time. Uh, and, you know, when you're a teenager, your metabolism is a lot better. But it wasn't until um, medical school where I realized the importance of so many factors in losing weight. And so here I am now, um, you know, 25 years later, and I, I want to help as many as I can. I see that childhood obesity is on the rise, and I'd love to help as many as I can um, with the knowledge that I've learned both uh, you know, as a physician, but also as, 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 you know, a person on a personal journey, losing the weight and knowing the struggles that it entails. Hmm. So it's nothing like having someone who's been through it, who can actually speak yes. on it. Yes. That is so important. Now you're not only a doctor, Dr. Basharo, but you're a wife and a mother to three lovely children. How do you <laughs> handle the work life balance and with all the demands being placed on you right now? Yes, it's so true. It's it's funny. Um, I always say this. I mean, being a parent is, is the hardest job in the world. And um, I think what's really helped me is being true to myself. Um, and when I say that, I'm I'm. It's probably not so politically correct to say it this way, but I think society puts such an emphasis on people being, um, you know, being able to do everything. And especially for women, you know, they, they call women super moms or super women when they're able to handle everything. And I have to say, I think that might actually just be a detriment to, to us, both um, like mentally, I think it's just, it, it's, it's, it's stressful because we can't all do everything. And so early on, um, when I decided to have children, my husband, we decided that um, I was going to focus on, you know, raising our kids. And so that meant, as a physician, unfortunately, it's so hard, but that meant me taking um, a part-time job and being able to have that time and flexibility where I could be a mom. And so, in a way, the way I manage it is, is just to be true to myself. Um, and, you know, it worked out really well. Um, and 20 years later, here I am. My kids are all teenagers now and helping people lose weight and just become healthier 
and look their best has always been my passion. And so now 20 years later, here I am. But, you know, it's funny. I mean, we look at, um, I don't know if you've seen the show Shark Tank, but um, yes. I think everyone has, right? So it's always a common theme, right, with the sharks that um, they're not very interested in someone who has multiple things going on. And I guess they realize that, you know, when you have multiple things going on, you're not going to do one as well as the other. And so um, I also believe in that um, philosophy. And so now I'm I'm here. I, I've gotten so much experience practicing internal medicine for the past 20 years. And now I've seen what causes disease and I want to help everyone be able to prevent what we can prevent instead of treating. And I think we're we're unfortunately in society of treatment instead of prevention, and I'd love to change that mentality. Oh, most definitely, and I agree with you. There's so much focus on uh, treatment, but what about prevention, <laughs> right? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> most so. definitely. Now, where is your practice located? My practice is in Manhattan. It's uh, in a flat iron uh, district, and um, I, I have my office there. But, again, because I want to help as many as I can. And, and I know that the demands of life is so stressful, especially for moms. Um, I also do house visits. So um, it's mainly in there, but I'm also doing um, house visits in, in the local area as well. Okay, very good, very good. Now, after doing my own personal research and then reading your published article on gut health and our mm -hmm. immune system, can you tell me why, in your opinion, there isn't much reporting from the media on the importance of Immune, our immune system and the prevention of the spread of COVID-19? You know, that's actually a really good question, and I don't know the answer to that. Um, I think initially when we were all presented with this virus, um, you know, many, you know, experts didn't really know how to respond. And so now, you know, a few months later, we're starting to see that this virus acts in a way where it's really attacking our immune system. And um, unfortunately, our immune system is so important for our health, but many think that you can treat it with, you know, a medicine or, or whatever, but really our immune system is built on what we do to it before we get sick. And I think as Americans in general, we're, um, we're used to that quick fix. And so we want that quick fix for the virus and we want a medication right away or a vaccine right away. But really what we should be focusing on is um, prevention and, and strengthening our immune system. And, and I don't know why it hasn't gotten as much reporting, but I, I think in general, I think just society as a whole is more interested in treatment and quick fixes where, again, we really need to change that attitude and go back to the basics. And the basics are our food. Even yesterday, I read an article on a CNN's website titled Poor Diets Threaten U.S. National Security. <laughs> and it's serious. That's what the title was. Huh. And the, the, article, the article went on to say that 46% of adults have poor quality diet and 56% of children, and these numbers are highest in the minority, mm. rural, and low-income communities. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? That's, but this yeah. is something that you probably are aware of. But why do you think this is the case? Um, I think we've, again, become a society of quick fixes where instead of cooking our meals and taking a little bit extra time to buy fresh food, we're buying a lot of processed foods. And unfortunately, those processed foods have preservatives in them. They have a lot of ingredients that cause havoc in our gut. And our gut needs uh, a very steady balance of good gut bacteria because, as, as we're going to discuss, 
um, that good bacteria actually causes a positive feedback loop and helps us with um, the production of many neurotransmitters, including serotonin, which affects our mood. Everyone knows that. So um, again, I think it's just it's just it's just us as a nation changing our mindset of how we treat disease and focusing on prevention versus treatment. Excellent, excellent. So then let's talk about your recently published article on the role of the gut probiotics and on immunity and COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, share your findings with my listeners, starting with the gut bacteria of children compared with adults. Yes, it's interesting. Um, so my husband is actually uh, an intensivist and pulmonologist. So what that means is he does critical care. He's in the ICU. And um, since we started our outbreak um, in early March, he's kind of been thrust into the front line. So he and I would have frequent discussions. And, and like I said, we, we, as, we, we as a whole didn't really know much about the virus. Um, but something, you know, he would come back and discuss with me. A, a, a few things rang, rang very interesting. And it was the, um, the demographics of those who were getting really sick. And, um, you know, we know that the elderly are more at risk. And we know that those have, um, who have comorbid morbid conditions are also getting sick. But interestingly enough, he was noting that a lot of people who are overweight without any significant medical problems are also ones that were in the ICU getting uh, ventilated. And um, it's funny because I initially had discussed the role of hiccup with him. And as an intensivist, he wasn't seeing it as much in the ICU. But um, after discussing, we kind of started discussing why. Why are people who are overweight more at risk? And it kind of comes down to the gut, our gut. And if you think about it, again, I started thinking, well, why are children protected, right? Children haven't been getting sick. And what we've realized is, through some um, review studies and some research that I did with some colleagues of mine, including my husband, we found that children's gut is different from adults' gut. And overall, children do have healthier guts than adults. And what we found was that their level of a specific bacteria called bifidobacterium was much higher. Uh, And children under 10, it's much higher than adults, and it starts to slowly decline as we age. And this bacteria has been shown in numerous previous studies to um, to positively affect our immune system. It works on the same pathways that um, COVID seems to be attacking. So we definitely feel like there's a, a link there. Fortunately, because of the fact that we're not able to conduct experiments in the lab, uh, and we haven't been able to do any clinical trials. This is just a hypothesis. But everything that we're seeing, and especially with the previous studies, it shows that really the, the, the bacteria does play a role. And we know that probiotics are great for us. So this is something that we'd love to continue to investigate and maybe conduct clinical trials on those who are sick um, or those who are at risk to see what their levels are. Okay, so a bifidobacterium, that's basically good bacteria for the gut. Yes, um, and and. Bifidobacterium is one of the main probiotic bacteria that's usually present when you buy a probiotic. Um, so that's the good thing. Um, but in very large doses, um, it's proven to show real efficacy, and it does work on the immune system. So I would recommend everyone to um, look into taking probiotics. I mean, obviously, the role of food being a prebiotic um, is more important than taking a probiotic. Uh, again, we don't want that quick fix where we're just kind of popping a probiotic pill, right? Um, we really want to right. get to the core, but um, it's something worth worth uh, looking into further. 
So even like right now, let's say someone who has not had the most healthy lifestyle, but they want to become healthy, mm -hmm. they can start taking a probiotic along with trying to eat healthy. Absolutely. I don't see any harm in taking a probiotic. Um, if anything, it could help. Um, I also want to discuss a few other supplements that I think are so easy to take and have been shown to possibly uh, be implicated in, um, in, you know, more severe COVID infections. Okay. So before you discuss those other supplements, <laughs> you mentioned also in your article that Italian and Japanese centenarians um, had higher levels of bifidobacterium levels than in the younger elderly populations. And what do you think the contributing factors of those are? Yes, interestingly enough, while we were doing our research, we found that even though the levels decrease as we age, um, certain certain populations are not as uh, not as at risk as others. And we found that um, one study uh, performed on Italian and Japanese centenarians, where people obviously live to be over a hundred, found that their levels were higher than those in the um, in the less elderly population. So um, we we feel that that's definitely related to diet because in those two specific areas, there's um, I'm not sure if you ever heard of the blue zone, uh, where certain areas in the world that um, centenarians live, and one of them is Sardinia, Italy. Uh, another one is Okinawa, Japan. Another one is Loma Linda, uh, California, which is actually uh, where a larger population of Seventh-day Adventists live, and they're mostly vegetarian. Mm. Yes. So it's interesting to see. So um, in all of these areas, the blue zones, what we found is that um, people who live in those areas who have a higher level of centenarians eat a mostly um, vegetarian diet, and they don't eat three meals a day. They usually eat one or two meals per day. Um, they also have um, higher intake of olive oil and other beans, hmm. yes, and uh, certain vegetables. So we definitely think there's a link. Um, and again, that's that kind of translates into probiotics, right, because your fruits and vegetables that you're eating provide the prebiotics to build a healthy gut. Oh, most definitely. Now, you also believe that there is a link from the gut to the mind and to the body. Um, please explain this link. Sure, absolutely. So, um, as I mentioned before, um, our gut is responsible for um, making neurotransmitters. Um, a lot of people don't realize that, but more than 90% of the serotonin in our body is made in the gut. We also have uh, foods that are high in certain supplements and high in um, uh, vitamins that help, again, to make neurotransmitters. And we all know that um, having mood stability is based on a lot of our neurotransmitter stability. And so there's definitely that link um, between the gut and the, um, the, the mind. And there's also a link between the gut and the body. Um, and again, when we're eating foods that are high in, in uh, processed uh, you know, products or high in sugar, that causes inflammation in our gut. And um, unfortunately, that inflammation breaks down the barriers in our gut lining. And when those barriers are not as tight and not as strong, as they should be, what happens is there starts to be a little bit of leakage of inflammatory substances or toxins that are released into our bloodstream. Um, and, you know, a lot of people call that leaky gut, um, and it's a loose term, but it, it basically means that we're having a lot of these toxins and inflammatory um, uh, products being released into our bloodstream, which then initiate our body's inflammatory cascade. And then that's where we go into that term, chronic inflammation. 
So definitely a huge link between the gut. And, you know, it's funny that um, Hippocrates, who was the father of medicine, uh, you know, years, yes. years ago, he, I don't know if you ever heard of this term, but um, he says all disease starts in the gut. And, uh, you know, now we're kind of going yes. back to that ancient wisdom, right? Yes. But didn't Hippocrates also say that let food be your medicine and medicine your food? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's another one of my favorite lines. And, um, you know, he, he termed the, the word melancholy, also melancholia. I think it's a nice derived word. And, uh, you know, it's basically right not feeling well and kind of being depressed. But the word collie comes from, you know, bile, right? And, and, and colon. Yeah. So um, it's very interesting. Wow. And all that yeah. information is there, but we, we're just not putting it to practice and to use. Yeah, we're not we're not utilizing it, and, and it's such a simple simple thing that we can we can do. I mean, it's 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 in our food. It's not some rocket science that we need to discover. Now, what foods, in your opinion, causes the most inflammation in our diets? Um, definitely sugary foods. Um, so sugar, we know, is pro-inflammatory. Um, a lot of other things, such as fried foods, um, highly processed foods, are also pro-inflammatory. Um, the other thing that we want to think about is our lifestyle. So things like stress. Stress can also be pro-inflammatory. Um, and that's another thing that we really should also focus on. So it's not just food. Um, it's also um, what we're doing to our body, right? So right. um, very important to focus. There's so many numerous factors. Lack of sleep can also do it. So, um, and that's why when I see my patients, they tell me why well, I'm not able to lose weight. We, we look at the whole, we look at the 360. We don't just look at the food. We look at what other factors might be contributing to that difficulty. And we try to build up the gut naturally. That's where the integrative nutrition comes into the point. Yes, huh? absolutely. Yes. It's very important. Now, I recently interviewed a Dr. Joel Gould on my show. Dr. Mm -hmm. Gould suffered from sleep apnea and Crohn's disease. Through his research, he discovered that people with sleep apnea usually have low levels of vitamin D. So he increased his vitamin D intake uh, from the low range to medium range. And not only did his sleep apnea go away, but his Crohn's disease disappeared. Interesting. He also stated that 96% of the people who died from COVID-19 had low levels of vitamin D in their bodies, 20% or lower. In your opinion, and from your research, how important is vitamin D to our immune system and other supplements? I'm actually glad you brought that up. Vitamin D is crucial, and it has been shown to be um, responsible for so many conditions. And as you mentioned, Dr. Gould, um, who had suffered with Crohn's disease, uh, we've actually seen that that um, people with inflammatory bowel disease, but also people with irritable bowel disease, usually have a vitamin D deficiency. And vitamin D works directly on the immune system. It helps our gut. Um, it, it promote intestinal health. And we've seen, again, like you said, and like Dr. Gould has, has done his research, that vitamin D definitely plays a role. And um, so many of us are deficient. Um, I, would, I would go as far as saying those who aren't supplementing, I would say more than 70% um, of the patients that I've seen in the past are deficient in vitamin, in vitamin D. Wow. Um, yes. I mean, even my, my children, uh, who my oldest is 18, uh, recently had her vitamin D levels checked a couple, like a couple of years ago, and she was found to be deficient too. And she eats a fairly healthy diet, so it's definitely crucial for um, all of us who can to get our levels checked and to supplement um, with vitamin D. Very important. I think it does. I agree with Dr. Gold. It does play a huge role in our intestinal health and overall immunity. 
Excellent, excellent. What other supplements would you recommend to strengthen your immune system? Well, there's there's so many, and again, um, it's hard to pin down which ones since uh, we don't know what we're deficient in until we get tested. But I would say overall, if you're going to pick um, the, the top three or four that you want to supplement in, um, definitely would be vitamin D. Um, take a probiotic because that can't hurt. Um, vitamin C is also crucial. It's an antioxidant, which uh, helps with um, fighting free radicals in the body. And we can talk a little bit about that or save that for another podcast. Um, but antioxidants and free radicals are, are also very important in maintaining our health. Um, but another one, which a lot of people don't know about, is, is something called glutathione. And there have actually been a couple of um, recent reports also showing that um, just, just as in what you mentioned, that those with vitamin D deficiency were at higher risk of getting more severely ill from COVID, we also um, saw a couple of reports of patients deficient with glutathione and who received glutathione supplementation uh, and actually improved. Um, I think there was a New York Post article on a, on a medical student whose mom was sick and yeah. um, I believe he was uh, studying about glutathione, which is, they call it the mother of all antioxidants. It's the most powerful antioxidant we have in our body. Um, and not only does it work really well on its own, but it also kind of boosts and potentiates the effect of other antioxidants, such as vitamin C and vitamin E. And um, it's funny, so this medical student, apparently his mom got sick with COVID, and um, he discussed uh, giving her glutathione supplementation with uh, her doctor, and they actually gave it to her, and she improved. And I believe there's another study that also shows um, glutathione deficiency, just like uh, vitamin D deficiency, uh, being possibly implicated in um, more severe infections. Hmm. I must look into that. Yeah, that. yeah. It's um, it's 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 made by the body. Um, you can get it in certain foods as well. Um, like almonds are high in glutathione. Um, unfortunately, people who are deficient, sometimes you can take an oral supplement, but the, the studies on whether or not oral supplement is, um, effective are kind of varied. Some say they are, some say they aren't. So a lot of doctors, a lot of, uh, functional medicine doctors give glutathione IV boosts to, um, to just build up the body's levels. Okay, so it's best to try to get it from your food then. Again, we're you know always going back to food. Um, sometimes it's hard to build up the levels, so um, again, it can't hurt to get an IV immune boost with glutathione. I've I've actually taken it myself. Um, I took uh-huh. one a couple of weeks ago, and I forced my kids to take it <laughs> back in <laughs> back in March um, when uh, when all of this crazy COVID stuff started coming out. So definitely something to yeah. look into. Oh my goodness. Okay, sounds sounds really good. <laughs> yeah. You stated in your in your article that majority of the non-elderly patients hospitalized with COVID-19 infections were found to have a BMI over 30, basically obese. Now, yeah. what advice would you give someone who is obese or diabetic and worried about contracting the coronavirus? Yes, and, and unfortunately, um, you know, discussing this is not something that we want to shame people because, again, I've, like I said, I've been on that personal journey and I know how how hard it is um, and the struggle to lose the weight. But I'm I'm someone who's been able to, you know, keep the weight off uh, all these years, so it's not impossible. Um, and I would say if it's somebody who's starting out, I would say make, make small changes. Um, don't feel overwhelmed by 
you know, making drastic measures. Um, you know, you didn't gain all the weight in a few months, so you're not going to expect to lose it all in a short time. But if you make lifestyle changes, such as very small changes, ch- change, uh, you know, things in your diet. Like, for example, if you're eating one to two servings of vegetables or fruits in your diet, increase a serving a week, make it three. Um, that's something I tell uh, my patients. The other thing that I think, um, again, another podcast in the making, but um, intermittent fasting, which includes uh, things like time restricted eating, is another great way to just make a small change. So, for example, you can start by limiting um, your meals to 10 hours a day and then shortening that to eight hours a day where you're only eating during that time period. Um, And it's not only a very effective way to manage weight, to lose weight, but the benefits of fasting are extremely beneficial to our health. Um, through a process called autophagy, which um, Uh we can discuss another time. But autophagy basically is our body kind of putting itself in low battery mode so that it can focus on very important functions, cellular functions. And that's what intermittent fasting does. It helps our body to not worry about digesting food all the time, but to reserve that you know, that energy to other important functions that are going on. Um, I think that's one thing. The other thing I wanted to discuss is, is um, exercise, which does play a role. And I know you're, um, you're someone who's obviously a proponent of that. Um, yes. I, I think also a lot of people feel like, oh, well, I don't have the time to exercise. Um, but again, it's all about small changes. And um, interestingly enough, um, I think a study came out recently I believe it was from the Washington State University's Medical School, and they found, um, again, it was based on um, those who live to be 100 and over, and, you know, they discussed genetics and diet, but they also focused on the environment because what they found was uh, people with specifics in their environment um, also had improved health, and I remember one of the factors that they discussed was um, living in a town where you would you could easily walk so easy walkability was a factor in helping you get to, you know, an older age. And they stated that that's because um, when you're walking, even like if you're, and it didn't matter if it was a small town or a larger town, the fact yeah. that you had the ability to take a walk um, made a difference apparently, which in my opinion, I mean, it, it's it's huge, but a lot of people trivialize that like taking a walk, but it makes a difference. I am a proponent when it comes to exercise. I believe in the importance of it. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of gyms were shut down during the COVID-19 crisis. But, you know, you can still walk. Exactly. Exactly. Or, um, you know, I think people are getting uh, very crafty. Like, for example, I know a lot of people who are doing Zoom um, Zoom yes. fitness with the, their trainers, which is a great way to do that also. I think there's always there's always a way to find an excuse, but there's always a way to find um, a way to do to do what you need to do. But I do tell my, um, whether it be clients or associates, mm-hmm. that 80% of it is nutrition. Mm-hmm. I do tell them that. Mm-hmm. I do believe that. As a trainer, 80% is nutrition, 20% is exercise. Got to yeah. eat properly. That's the only way. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up. You're absolutely right. You can't substitute nutrition with exercise. Exercise is a supplement, right? Yes. So I'm glad that you tell, I'm tell, I'm glad that you tell your clients that it's so important. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I, I definitely get it. As you're a parent, you know, I'm a grandparent, okay? Mm-hmm. What would you recommend we do for our kids when it comes to their gut and immune systems to keep it healthy? 
Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because our kids are surrounded by unhealthy foods, right? And I think the past few months and even now that not a lot of things are open, it's, it's such a great opportunity to take advantage of teaching our kids how to cook properly and, and, and buy fresh foods and eating fresh foods. Like we have them now at home and who knows, maybe kids will be home um, learning uh, in the fall. And I think this is a great opportunity for us to cook with our kids and teach them yes. great eating habits. Right. Um, and the thing that I do with my kids that really helps is we make a smoothie in the morning um, huh. to try to get in as much, right, as much um, fruits and vegetables. And in, in. so we usually pick whatever fruits are in our refrigerator. And then I usually have a, a stock of uh, organic frozen vegetables that I keep in the freezer. And we just mix it up. We put some water and ice and we have that in the morning. It's a great way to incorporate um, healthy eating and start off the day. Oh, definitely, because I understand what is the required amount of fruit and vegetables that uh, is recommended. Five. You know, yeah, like they say five, but um, now they're saying it might might even be more, like six to nine is what you really want to try to get. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and it, I mean it's hard. It's hard to get that in, but I think also um, we talked about mindset so much, but. Um, I think we also need to change our mindset. Like people say, oh, well, what am I going to have with my chicken tonight? Or what am I going to have with my steak? Whereas I think maybe if we change our mindset to what am I going to have with my Brussels sprouts today? Hmm. Exactly. Or asparagus, right? Yeah. So, and, you know, it's a work in progress. I mean, my kids, you know, I, I, I try to push them to eat healthier. It's definitely um, helped with my nagging. <laughs> Oh, most definitely. And you have to compete with um, media, which basically is pushing all the high sugary, you know, processed foods all the, all the time at McDonald's and Burger King. You have yeah. to compete with that, you know? I know. And I think, unfortunately, in in, um, in in the poor, like poor populations where they don't have access to fresh food, and unfortunately, it's more expensive, which I find so saddening. And so they're reaching for the McDonald's or the you know, whatever, because it's convenient and it's cheaper. So why can't we make fresh foods cheaper? Support our farmers, too. <laughs> oh, exactly. Definitely. Yeah. I try to as much as I can. You know, can we? Can you still contract the virus if you have a healthy immune system, doctor? Um, you know, that's that's a that's a good question. Um, and again, it's so hard to tell who this virus attacks. But just seeing the data that's been coming out seeing who's being hospitalized. It seems to be a common theme and it seems to be the theme with those who are, um, you know, chronically inflamed or have underlying issues or just their immune system isn't as healthy because they're not eating properly. They seem to be the ones that are getting um, more sick. And so really what we need to focus on is, yes, let's improve our, our immune system. Let's improve our health. Let's invest in our health. In 2021, that should be everyone's um, New Year resolution, invest in our health. Because um, even though we're all prone to getting the virus, I think as you've seen, um, the response to how the virus affects different individuals should yes. kind of be a wake-up call to all of us, right? Yes, yes. I think we should focus more on our immune system because Absolutely. that's our first line of defense, right? Absolutely. And and what we've seen with this virus is this is not a virus that's affecting, I mean, it is indirectly, but it's really a virus of our immune system and it's a disease yeah. of our immune system. And, um, you know, it, it initiates this immune cascade and that immune cascade in our body is meant to help us. But unfortunately, 
so many of us already have these immune markers already elevated without even getting COVID. So what happens is they hyperreact, and we've seen that. We've seen that time and time again um, in the ICU with patients that are getting something called cytokine storm. And have you heard of that? Yeah? Yes. Yeah. Um, So I'll explain a little bit. I'll try to explain it in in simple terms for your listeners. But uh, basically, the cytokine storm is an overreaction of our immune system. And the way I try to describe it to um, my patients is, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when you're on a like the security is like on high alert, you're either at green, yellow or red, for example. Well, you know, if you're healthy and your immune system's healthy, you're on you're at green. But if you're not and you have that subclinical inflammation, whether it's an elevation of inflammatory markers that are just kind of always there, you're at yellow. And so what happens is when your body gets infected with a virus like COVID, if you're at green, your body reacts, it releases its inflammatory markers and it, it you know, it helps to fight the disease. But when you're at yellow, your body's already kind of on hyper alert. And so what happens is then it kind of over-exaggerates that response. And that's what happens with the cytokine storm. And the cytokine storm, unfortunately, makes us sicker and it causes damage to our lung tissue. And mm. this is what help, you know, causes us to end up getting sicker than others. So definitely our immune system is, is key to our health and we need to focus on that. And it's a matter of taking personal responsibility, I think, for us, each other, ourselves, you know? I agree. Yeah, I agree. Like people come to me and they say, help me lose weight. And, and I, 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 my response is always, I'll give you the tools and the knowledge to empower you, yes. but I can't, I can't help you lose weight unless you're ready. So, um, but I, yes. <laughs> I, unfortunately I think COVID was a good lesson for us. Hopefully we can make huge strides moving forward. And that's what we want to do to give people something to think about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Inform them so they can make the best decisions for them, for their health. Absolutely. And I don't blame people. I don't blame anyone um, for, uh, you know, what what they don't know, right? Uh, I yes. mean, it's, it's our job to teach them. And right. I'm committed to doing that. And I'd love to help you. Um, and I know that you help um, obese children. And I know that you have an initiative. And I'd love to partner with you and, and help you with that. We can definitely talk about that. You know, we normally would do a, a, health, a health and fitness expo called the Children's Sports and Fitness Expo. Mm-hmm. And it brings out like two to three thousand children and parents from all over the city, especially in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was shut down this year. It was going to take mm-hmm. place on June fifteenth, June thirteenth. <laughs> it was shut down because of COVID. Right. We hope the next year pick it up again, along with other programs that we do, and hopefully we can involve you to come out and speak with the parents and be a part of it. You know. Absolutely, count me in. This is this is what I love to do. And uh, there'll be other opportunities, I'm sure, that we can collaborate on. Where can my listeners find out more about you, Dr. Christine Pichel? Um, Well, uh, they can find me on social media. That's, uh, that's, that seems to be where everybody's going these days. So I am on Instagram and Facebook um, at Dr. Christine, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. And then my first initial, my last name, B, so Dr. Christine B. Um, I had a website, but unfortunately, during the pandemic, I decided to revamp it. And so it's currently under maintenance, but we're hoping that that's uh, going to um, be updated in the next couple of weeks. But the the website is uh, fromwithinmedical.com. That's another way that they can they can um, see what's going on with me. And if uh, if they're interested, I also have a blog and a podcast. It's not as popular as yours. 
Oh, no, that's fine. This interview is going to live for a long time on the web. So people will hear, they will go to your website eventually as well. Wonderful, wonderful. Any final words of advice to my listeners regarding their gut health, their immune system, anything else you want to bring out? Um, let's see. Um, I would say the one thing would be maybe invest in your health. Make, make this next year an investment in your health and an, invest, an investment in prevention versus treatment. Yes, prevention versus treatment. Dr. Christine Bashara, on behalf of Body Scope of New York and Six Weeks of Fitness, I truly thank you for coming on my show today. I thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And to my listeners, I truly hope this program was informative, encouraging, and inspiring, and that you will continue tuning in to our Six Weeks of Fitness podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for the show, please leave them on my Six Weeks of Fitness blog at www.sixweeksoffitness.com or email me at vince at sixweeks.com. Take care. Bye-bye.